turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit robblack.com. Robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Let's start with a couple of questions and answers. Let's see how you are at financial trivia. Residents of which state in the United States has the highest average non-mortgage debt? Residents of which state in the United States has the highest average of non-mortgage debt? Is it A, Maryland, B, Texas, C, Georgia, D, North Carolina? I would have thought it would have been California or New York because more expensive lifestyles. I would have been wrong. It's C, Georgia. Less expensive lifestyles and lower paying jobs. Georgia residents have the most debt in the United States, carrying an average of $45,778 in non-mortgage debt. That's crazy. Maryland, the second coming in at 45,663. Texas, 44,850. North Dakota, 44,271. And Mississippi. Am I crooked letter, crooked letter, ah, crooked letter, crooked letter, ah, hunchback letter, hunchback letter, ah. It's the only way I ever learned how to spell that freaking fragging word as a child. Interesting note, all of those are Republican states. Is Maryland a Republican state? Probably not. Um, what is the average credit card interest rate right now? Is it A, 19.2%, B, 20.7%, C, 21.8%, D, 22%? It's B, 20.7%. You put those two numbers together and it's not looking pretty to be living in Georgia. So yesterday we had up markets. We've had a very good week as far as making progress on inflation. Is it over? No. Is the Fed done raising interest rates? Probably not. The Fed would like to see weakness in the labor market. It's, that's what, and that's the only thing that most of us can guess. They won't explicitly say it. And probably some weakness in the housing market. Housing is terribly unaffordable for most Americans. The NASDAQ was a big winner yesterday up 1.5%. The S&P 500 up 85 basis points, the Dow up 15 basis points. 10-year Treasury sits at 3.7%, meaning we still could climb further. Stocks were up for a fourth straight day, which is great and all. Crypto investors were big winners. Prices of cryptocurrency shot up across the board as a judge issued a favorable ruling for Ripple Labs in its battle against the SEC. The first time a crypto company emerged victorious in a case brought by the regulator. The FTC and the SEC are probably ready for the weekend after a cringy few days. I mentioned this yesterday. A prescription-free birth control pill is coming. Um, talking to my spouse, she's like, that's big. It kind of culturally is big. I'm not going to go any further into it. About half of the 6.1 million annual pregnancies in the United States are unplanned. 
children are expensive. I know children are blessings. I really, really know that. Just throwing that down there for you. Other big headlines from yesterday. Hollywood enters into a deep freeze. Cash flow is going to get really, really tight. It's the first time since 1960 when Ronald Reagan was president of the Screen Actors Guild, not the president of the United States. Both Hollywood writers and actors are on strike, completely shutting down everything. There's no scripts in hand with no actors. Nothing can be shot. Um, People who do wardrobe, shut down. People who do dry clean, shut down. People who do catering, shut down. That's going to start to hurt. Should last under 100 days. You count in the writer's strike, that's May. So we're at least 45 days in plus. The FTC has a new target, OpenAI. OpenAI is going to become a real company. It's being investigated by the Federal Trade Commission. Washington Post said regulators are probing whether OpenAI's chatbot harms consumers, particularly by spreading misinformation that damages people's reputations. I'll tell you what. There's no chance in the world the FTC is prepared to rule on this. I like Linda Kahn and all. She's a lovely human being. But cracking down on tech takes big tech brains. And I don't think our government has big tech brains. FTC suffered a major setback this week when a federal judge overruled its attempt to block Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. The FTC earlier this year also tried and failed to stop Meta's acquisition of a VR gaming company. Um, Weird how government blends in with investing, right? Let's keep moving on. Um, Mission Impossible, whatever new Tom Cruise movie comes out today. Uh, is it going to be the movie of the summer like Maverick was last year? A lot of people think so. Disney CEO Bob Iger said he's considering selling off some of the company's traditional TV assets, which include ABC and FX, because he's thinking traditional TV is dying. That could add another $10 of cash flow to the company. $10 a share. So some analysts are saying that stock offers great upside from here. I would agree. I'm a long-term fan of Disney, but without a uh, dividend. And until they figure out that they took on too much debt by buying up a lot of Fox's assets. And then they took away a lot of the intrigue that we had with Star Wars and superheroes by doing TV shows about them instead of movies. This is all stuff Iger has to work on. He's got a tough job. Let's move forward to what we're looking at today going into the weekend. Good earnings out of J.P. Morgan Chase, United Healthcare, Wells Fargo, Citigroup, and BlackRock. That's a nice way to start earnings season in earnest. Stock market's been in good spirits this week. We're getting good grades on inflation data. We're seeing a drop in market rates, a broadening out of buying interest to include stocks not named Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, Amazon, NVIDIA, Tesla, and Meta. That's not to say the Magnificent Seven haven't been being bought. They have. It's just nice to see um, the S&P mid-cap 400s up 3.7% for the week. The Russell 2000s up 4.6% for the week. This is stuff, if you listen to the show, we talk about on a regular basis. That we wanted to see healthier breath of the market, and we're getting it. 
The Invesco S&P 500 equal weighted index is up 3% for the a week. Now, the equal weighted is different than the standard weighted, market weighted S&P 500. But the standard market cap weighted S&P 500 is up 2.5% for the week, whereas the equal weighted S&P 500 is up 3%, telling you there's more stocks winning. We are in earnings season, like I mentioned. As earnings season comes and goes, it'll leave us with what's next. More inflation conversation, more Fed conversation. Back half of the year, Christmas spending expectations, consumer debt rising thoughts. I would say we're due for a pullback. I'm not a technician, and I'm just telling you the gut feeling says that it would be nice if we got a a kind of a pause. Five, ten percent would be lovely. Not sure we're going to get it. Fed Governor Waller said he sees no reason why the Fed should not raise rates in July and still thinks there's likely to be two rate hikes over the next four meetings into the end of the year. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Big event coming up at the end of August, middle of August in Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel. It's a new event with CFP Chad Burton. Learn about it at robblackshow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. This two-week period is a period that I love. It's earnings season on Wall Street. And it kind of says, let's take a look at the last 90 days and see if you earned it or if you're a foe. Let's see if you underperformed for a reason or is there some value. I listen to three to four earnings calls a day during this season. It's kicking off a little slow. First week, uh, you get the financials. Then you start getting the big tech companies, which I want to pay attention to. But you also get companies in there like Pepsi. Every now and then, I want to hear from like McDonald's. Are people skewing towards value? Dollar General, company I've never owned, never want to own, but I want to hear what they have to say about the consumer. So let me give you an example. JP Morgan Chase, their earnings conference call update. They did a big acquisition of First Republic. And they said First Republic employees have already joined the company. Client retention strong. So they're not seeing a lot of like people being afraid of banks. They had $6 billion in net deposit inflows for First Republic, i.e. what happened with Silicon Valley Bank is probably behind us. Expenses were up 8% because of higher compensation. Only thing I can tell you there is that's ultimately a negative for inflation. People have more money. People are going to spend more money. Macro trading is normalized. They had $60 billion of net inflows of liquidity. Loan growth is muted outside of credit cards and autos. That's a big one. Loan growth is muted. How do banks make money? They lend money, right? And when they lend money, that means you and I are like saying, let's start a company or Let's buy a house and fix it up and flip it. Let's do something with a big check. Loan growth is muted outside of credit cards and autos. Credit cards, no good. Autos, I guess you could say, is good for the overall U.S. tone. If car companies are making cars, they're hiring people and employing them and giving them paychecks. But loan growth is muted. Banks, are they used to be so important to me. For 15 of my 25 years of doing this, probably 17 of the 25, I'd almost start with, you know, um, 
banks aren't stupid. And if you and I get in and go in drunk and say, I want a million dollars, they're not going to give it to us. They're very calculating. They know how to expand economy. Sometimes they get a little over their skis and sometimes they they pull up a little too early and not good. That's right. They can make mistakes, too. But overall, banks are lending and lending is blood in the U.S. economy. So loan growth muted. It's not exactly bullish for the back half of the year. They expect modest loan demand outside of credit cards. Okay. I'll take modest. Little uh, Goldilocksian. Not too hot, not too cold. But keep in mind, they're a big bank. Where the regional banks are where you and I will do business. And the regional banks are a little bit tighter. I'll pay attention to those earnings as they come out. Okay, now it's hot out there today, and it's going to be hot this weekend all across America. Pretty much all across the world, right? Extreme heat is baking the U.S., and it's uh, boosting the sales of air conditioners. There's investments on this. We need a sustainable chill, and I'm not talking Netflix and chill. I don't like the heat. I am very, very Caucasian. Very much so. If I'm in the sun and for five minutes, I, I start to wilt. It didn't used to be that way. In my teens and 20s, I could be in the sun running all day and having fun. And then once I hit my maybe early 40s, it just started like I could do one hour, one hour, and then I have to get shade. Then it's like 30 minutes, and then I have to get shade. And now I kind of look like a. Like I'm from the future when I'm on the beach. Why is that guy got so many clothes on? Yes, swim shirt, swim hat, everything I could. Not a swim hat, but a big straw hat. I am that guy. In several dozen cities across the United States, the heat weaves heat wave season is starting to last 49 days or longer. Extreme temperatures appear to be the new norm with 73 million people living in areas that will likely see dangerous heat this week. The southwestern United States is really cooking. The National Weather Service in parts of, Cali- said parts of California, Nevada, and Arizona were under severe weather warnings that's affecting 90 million people. Phoenix is approaching its previous record of 18 days of 110 degrees in a row. 110 degrees plus. Uh, I pity the, I pity the people that live in Phoenix, and I, I know they're like, yeah, but we, our life's cheaper down here. Hot enough to cook an egg, hot enough to cook a brain. Don't put your head on the sidewalk, is what I'm trying to say. One study said that half of Phoenix residents would need emergency medical attention if a heat wave coincided with blackout. Can you imagine if they lose their ability to chill with air conditioning? as Texas did not that long ago. Demand for air conditioners is spiked. Three quarters of the United States homes have AC. It uses about 6% of the country's electricity. I'm thinking about getting a heat pump because heat pumps can also act as kind of okay air conditioners for my my home in the mountains because it's going to be 100 degrees there this week and And usually at night, it gets down to 50. So you open up the windows, leave them open all night long with screens on them. So they can get chomped up by bugs and spiders. 
And then around 7 a.m., 8 a.m., you close all the windows and you try to trap that cold air in the house all day long. But when it's 100 degrees, it's cooking. There's been a big boom for AC, HVAC giants like Carrier, Linux, and Train, all companies you could possibly buy into. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on this show. But they're big ticket items. There is part of the Biden administration's push for people to be more conserve more electricity with heat pumps versus air conditioning. Again, a heat pump could also act as a air conditioning. So it could turn your home. that's not really prepared for air conditioning unit outside. It could jump right on in there and hook it up and you can go two ways, a little heat in the winter and a little cool in the summer. By 2050, the IEA, the International Energy Agency, predicts there will be 5.6 billion AC units globally. Can you imagine? Go write that number down and then go write down the number of people on the planet. One. Right now, there's 2 billion air conditioning units. Cooled air is going to save lives, but there's a catch. AC is responsible for about 4% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. New crises demand new solutions as AC use increases with the swelter. Efficient units are critical to sustaining the electric grid of the earth. Carrier teamed up with Transera to bring its hyper-efficient units to the market. Blue Frontier, backed by Bill Gates, is developing an AC that uses salt to suck water out of the air. All cool stuff. All the demographics and data tell us this is a no-brainer. I leave it up to you. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Big event coming up in August at the Toll House Hotel in Las Gatos with CFP Chad Burton and myself. It's going to be the seven readiness test for retirement. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I try to put together a good show to teach you some concepts on a daily basis. I'm disappointed if you ever find my my efforts to be weak. I do have bad shows. I know that. But I try every day to come up with something that's um, appropriate for you. So as inflation cools and consumer prices rose in the month of June at their slowest pace in more than two years. It's welcome for you and me and our wallets. It's not necessarily a straightforward benefit for retailers. Retailers largely achieve growth by raising prices for customers as input costs go up. Concerns loom over what happens to companies' revenue as inflation cools. When show June prices for food at home pace since August 2021. We're no longer seeing crazy prices on eggs and milk. They're cheaper now than they were a year ago. This will challenge grocery stores that relied on price increases to drive sales to now give those back. So companies like Target and Walmart, you may not see revenue growth. They sell groceries. They offer 40% consumable goods and 60% discretionary. 60% of Walmart's business is grocery. It's still a top pick from Goldman Sachs right now. They've been much more focused on price. They won't be as impacted as some other retailers. Target will get impacted. 
Um, companies like Campbell Soup, General Mills, Kraft Heinz, all lovely companies for the long-term patient investor. But all will face some challenges on revenue growth. I heard a great quote this week from um, a little macroeconomic research. Fed officials are making predictions indicating that their intention to raise interest rates twice more within the year. They're going to probably come in two quarter point increments. The Fed must hurt the labor market to achieve policymaker goals. Is that true or false? I don't know. July 7th payrolls. Traders were preparing for a potentially impactful event, surprisingly robust data released by ADP Research Institute. A day prior had convinced the market that job growth in the United States was still too strong. First time unemployment was too weak. Will the Fed change their policies now based on trying to get jobs to, to weaken up a little bit, try to get some people fired? Seems like a very odd concept. But that would help bleed into housing costs coming down, and that would help bleed into um, labor costs coming down, wage inflation. So there's something called forever stocks. And you can imagine what that means, right? I learned the phrase from Warren Buffett. He said, quote, our favorite holding period is forever. I like the idea. Most of the companies that I have mega, massive, huge returns on, I've held for 5, 10, 15 years, including Apple, 20 plus years, and Microsoft, 20 plus years. For a while, I had never sold a share to like have a party. Sometimes I'd sell shares to like buy homes and such, but not many of them. So I've started doing covered calls on Apple and Microsoft. And my thought there is generate a little bit more income and try to get rid of my highly concentrated position over time. While I'm doing that, getting extra income plus the dividend. And I'm doing covered calls at all-time highs. So I'd be selling at all-time highs, typically 3% of my position, 3 to 5%. Um, slowly but surely, right? Okay, um, let's talk about some forever stocks real quick. There's a company called DeVita, ticker symbol DVA. They specialize in kidney care services. It's one of the largest providers of dialysis services in the United States. They treat individuals with end-stage renal disease and chronic kidney failure. Um, Long-term play on America's overweight and America's unhealthy. Kidney dialysis removes toxins, fluids, and salts from the body. It is a highly recession-resistant business. I can only think of two companies that do this, DeVita and Frisnius. Probably mispronounced that name, but it's okay. What, is that a stock for me? It's okay. Um, I see the long-term potential of it. I also see the long-term of Visa and MasterCard. There's other companies that I would throw down on this one, like VeriSign as a forever hold. Again, is this something you want to do? I don't know. I don't know you. 
I've owned VeriSign in and out often in the last 25 years. They basically maintain servers, they access domain names, they run security applications. They've got 174 million domains with .com, .net, which was a million more than they ended the same quarter a year ago. Very boring, very important that you have someone managing these registrations so that when you go to robblackshow.com, it takes you to the same place that robblack.com is. Here's an idea for a forever company. Kroger. Yeah, this is to Christian. Song. In it, it goes, Motorin, what's your price for flight? Finding Mr. Right. What is motoring? Motoring is an East Coast phenomenon where you go out in cars on a Friday night and you go up and down the strip looking for love, looking for that connection with someone of the opposite sex and making that eyeball to eyeball contact. In college, you'd go Kroger, not motoring, Kroger. Friday night, you would uh, need groceries, but you were very well attuned that there was members of the opposite sex doing the same thing and you would flirt. Kroger. Um, 2,700 supermarkets and multi-department stores spread across 35 states. It's one of the largest food retailers in the world. Last time I checked, I'm going to have food today. And if I want to be alive, I'm going to have food tomorrow. And the next day, and said next day. Lovely long-term name. Nothing to get excited about. That's the problem with forever stocks. Coca-Cola or Pepsi. Let's talk Coca-Cola. Founded in 1892. It's a prominent multinational corporation renowned for its production of the iconic Coca-Cola beverage. As one of the largest beverage corporations globally, the company holds a significant position amongst the long-term investments of renowned investor Warren Buffett. He's maintained a stake in the company since 2010. He does crazy stuff like drinks something like two or three Diet Cokes and talks about it like, do we really need to know that? Yes! I want to know everything he does. I know you're saying, would you pay to smell them? I might pay to smell them. I want to pay to have lunch with them because I don't have that kind of money where a couple million dollars is appropriate for a one and a half hour meeting. No, thank you. But Coke is a slow, lovely name. They've raised Coca-Cola prices and you saw the running man with Arnold Schwarzenegger. There was a moment in the movie where he started to become popular. And I guess reporters were talking about him. And one reporter walks by another one and the cook machines like says $85 for soda. Movie was set in the future. That's why you love Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola stock. They pay a dividend. And they slowly raise their prices over time. Is it sexy? Nope. I think it's going to be above inflation, but not by much. Procter & Gamble. They make beauty, grooming, healthcare, fabric, baby, feminine, family stuff. Do you think it's a long-term company? Yes, because it's been around since 1837. Started by a guy named William Procter and James Gamble. Procter & Gamble, get it? 
slow dividend player. They've had their dividends increase for 67 years in a row. Uh, That works for me. Again, um, nothing sexy is on that list. Nothing is uh, AI oriented or robotics oriented or space oriented. But it's also stuff that you don't have to worry. What what did Elon Musk say something bad? Why is the stock down? Rocket blew up. Why is the stock down? Think about that sometimes when you go to invest in stocks. Do you want to be more like Warren Buffett or do you want to be more like Albert Einstein? Or do you want to be more like, you know, buy, 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 sell, 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 short-term day trader? I'm okay being Warren Buffett. The dude plays bridge. I don't play bridge, but I kind of wish I played bridge. Because that looks relaxing. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Drop me a strategy question. I'll answer it on air. Rob at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, I got a big event coming up. Not too far away. In Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel in August. Kind of a back to school for those who want to get to retirement. The seven tests of retirement readiness. You can sign up for the event if you haven't been to two or more events recently at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com, August 24th at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Trying to be transparent. Uh, Very important to me. I've got some covered calls on Apple that expire in seven days. It's next Friday. Strike price is 190. It won't be taken away from me unless it goes to 195. Um, It's already gone to 194. wasn't taken away. Company decided it was enough of a profit for them. So they were like, "Eh." we'll see. Maybe I lose Apple. uh, 3% of my Apple. Maybe I don't. And then later in the year, I've got some 195s and some 200s. I would not be ashamed to sell at 190, 195, or 200, even though I think 250 is realistic in the next 18 months. Um, I don't recommend average people do covered call strategies. I'm using a company called Spider Rock. They are with EP Wealth. They are a company that monitors them, and if you want them to buy back your shares... You don't even lose your Apple. So they're generating income for me. And if I said, you know, if it gets to 194, buy it back. I could do that. Um, That's the difference between professional investors and do it yourself, do it yourselfers. Um, It's worthy of note. I've got some product that you don't. I'm not bragging. I'm telling you that the more wealth you have, the more companies find product for you that diversifies you. Uh, Charles Schwab is now automatically offering wealthy consumers access to financial advisors and personalized services and move to company hopes to boost its business with lucrative and fast growing client segment of the wealthy. So Schwab is not just a discount broker is what I'm trying to say. And that's kind of what they were known for for a long time. 
Retail clients with more than a million dollars in assets at Schwab will now be automatically enrolled in Schwab private client services where you can get a mortgage that's cheaper than the average mortgage you can get out there. They want to keep you as a client. They offer more services on expertise in tax, trust, estate planning, equity compensation, retirement planning, trading, education for your kids, family support. It's pretty interesting times. Um, as far as product goes, in my opinion, take a look at the markets. I'm seeing some, a little bit of weakness as the uh, day goes on. There's still some relative strength in mega cap. There's pleasing earnings from JP Morgan, Wells Fargo and United health. United health is part of the 20% of a portfolio that I think you should have in healthcare. I like United health. I have no problems with United health long-term fine. Short term, it's going to get um, caught up in Trump cuts health care. Biden expands health care. Uh, Obama gives health care to everyone. Like it will get caught up in that, the, those kind of headlines. Anytime a company like United Health is 10 to 20 percent off, I look at it as a bargain. Microsoft's a big winner today. They're upgraded to buy from neutral. What a year. What a year for tech stocks, Microsoft and NVIDIA and Apple. Tesla, Meta. Now, again, 2021 was a great year. 2022 was an awful year for tech. 2023 is a great year for tech. You should have some kind of plan, in my opinion. Big event coming up, seven tests of retirement readiness. It is going to be in Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos, uh, 630 to 830 Thursday evening. For those of you with $500,000 or more, seven tests of retirement readiness. Going to go over taxes, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, income in retirement. Um, please reserve only one per household if you can, because these events do fill up quite nicely. And if you've been to two or more events, please don't sign up because we need to get some new blood in there. My bosses like that. Don't let a bad start in retirement blow up your nest egg. 2022 was a bad year to retire. Real bad. If you didn't have some of the rules that CFP Chad Burton throws down, three years of safe income. You know what's interesting? He's a CFP. You know what's interesting? CFP Stephanie Richmond says, eh, I'm more of a two years income kind of gal. None of these rules are written in stone. Both work with EP Wealth and both are great CFPs, fantastic CFPs. Um, I don't want to see you improve your luck, but by planning, you improve your luck. I don't like going into retirement with like a magic eight ball approach. I like plans. I like moderation and moderation. I've set up my um, high yield savings accounts. I've set up my money market accounts in the last year as I'm getting closer and closer to retirement. I've gone to SSA.gov and looked at my social security benefits. Do I want to take mine at 62? Do I want to take them at 70? Do I want to take them at 65? I looked at my spouse's until I take hers at 62, 65, or 70. Um, because she's probably going to outlive me. We'll probably take mine later and hers earlier. And it's ridiculous because as our family is pretty well off, wealthy, um, government should say at some point in time, we're going to stop collecting Social Security from you, Rob, if, you'll, if you won't take it. I would have made that deal 30 years ago in a heartbeat. 
Which of the following is Generation Z's most common investment? A, mutual funds, B, bonds, C, annuities, D, cryptocurrency, or E, real estate? Generation Z most commonly invests in cryptocurrency, an asset that doesn't have a job, that doesn't have income. Coca-Cola has a job. They have income. They have revenue. Just throwing that down there for you. Generation X is about to come into a lot of money. I'm an Xer. I came into some money. I'm pretty pleased with it. Uh, Both my parents are dead. Not so happy with that. But part of what they created in their lifetime was left behind in a will for me and my brothers and sister. Um, Key to inheriting money is talk to your parents. There's going to be a massive amount of wealth transfer. $84 $84 trillion going from the boomer generation to Generation X and millennials. Talk to your parents. Figure out what's coming, when, how much, why, where. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. 